Welcome to Pub Sports Talk, and I hope you brought the juice today. I'm not talking apple juice, nope. Not talking orange juice, no ma'am, no sir. We are talking energy-packed juice, good to the last drop, full of thrills, playoff action juice. That's right, this episode is jam-packed with thrills for you. We can't wait for you guys to dive in with us. We're talking Game 7s are being thrown out every lead. Game 7, Game 7, Game 7, top seed down, top seed down to the brink of elimination. It is an exciting time in the sports world, and we're so honored you trust us to bring you that hot take and news. We're talking NHL. There are three Game 7s, three of them. This weekend alone, we break down all the action for you. Me and Tim love gritty playoff hockey. I mean, all four of us do, but me and Tim, you know we love it. We have that NHL bracket challenge going on. You guys decide loser gets a haircut chosen by the winner. A little nervous, but I'd love some playoff hockey. Then we're breaking down MLB action. 23 to 5 was a final score for a major league game. 23 to 5. It wasn't a video game. You best believe Devin is serving hot takes on that one all day long. Then NBA playoffs, game sevens in there as well. Top seeds going down. Three, two, one. Fitz puts up the shot. We're breaking all that down. Evan is saying, get that weak trash out of there. He has his hot takes on the NBA playoffs right now. We have Pop-Tarts today. We're chewing on them. We're answering listener questions. Who's our favorite NFL team draft bust and draft surprise? There's a lot of names on that list who you don't recognize. Or there's a lot of names on that list who you're going to be surprised that we thought was going to really stink it up. And now they've become a Hall of Fame career. Go ahead. Go to Pub Sports Talk Instagram page. Check out all our brackets. They're all live. Last week, we dropped a Madden episode, middle of the week. You guys have loved it. On our Instagram page, you'll see that Madden link. Comment two friends that don't follow us on that photo. You'll be entered for a chance to win that Pure Spectrum 250 milligram CBD oil droplet. You don't want to miss that. Comment two friends. That's all you have to do. Comment your whole friends list if you have to. We're trying to grow our social media influence, so go ahead. Help us grow with that. Speaking of helping us, thank you all so much who've ordered merchandise from pst2020.itemorder.com. Thank you guys. Keep buying that merchandise. It supports us. We thank you guys so much for doing that. Keep sharing these episodes. Now, let's have some fun. Get that juice ready. Grab a cold one. Let's break this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Pub Sports Talk. All the boys are here finally. We're back, baby. All four of us. I'm pumped. I know these guys are pumped. Devin gave us the inside scoop for NBA bubble action going on. Evan gave us the hot details about Jordan Love taking over that starting position in Packers training camp. Really excited about it. They're going to break into all that stuff for us a little bit later on. <laughs> I bet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool. So life's good. Life is good here at the pub. Guys, off the bat, it's a big week in sports. Let's jump right into it. Let's hit a roundup. Let's go for it, baby. NBA, man. We're just coming off the Utah Jazz versus Denver Nuggets. I'm feeling some type of way about it because I picked the Jazz. They were up 2-1 to one, or 3-1. Three 3-1. to one, three one. Excuse me. 3-1. And they blew it. They blew it. Shout out Seth Wagner, Pure Spectrum CBD with the Denver Nuggets, but dang, boys, I'm feeling salty about this. How you guys feeling? I picked the Jazz. I was feeling salt, man. I was not surprised when it went to seven, though. 
but not happy with my pick. That was correct, as usual. All I'm going to say is Ricky Rubio hits that shot. That's all I'm going to say. Mike Conley missed it. Rubio would have knocked him down. I guess we'll never know, Evan. All I got to say, Parker, is um, you lost on this one, buddy. Okay, it's my one L I've taken this round, all right? I didn't pick the magic like some people. Uh, okay. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just call me out. I didn't pick Portland like somebody else. I thought right. I was streaking. Shame on me sure for trusting think- Mello. Never mind. You were, you were trying to get us all on the Portland wagon. You did your damnedest. I did. And it was I'm not, damned. It was not dame time. I just – people were salty about it. You had an arch nemesis. Arch nemesis. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot speak. An enemy. An enemy. That reminds me of the Finding Nemo. The- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> An enemy. I do want to talk about the Nuggets oh, Jazz series, if we can go back for a second. Oh, for sure. Let's, let's talk about it. I'm because, it one, it, it was a really good series. Like, 3-1. I, I don't know how many times that's happened. I mean, we saw it with the Cavs Warriors a few years ago. But, you know, I, it was surprising because I, I think you did the update on our picks. And I, re- I remember thinking, oh. Jazz got it 3-1. Okay, you know, it may go to six, but, you know, it won't be a series. And it was funny because last night I just turned the TV on and it's the fourth quarter. I'm like, this is game seven. I'm like, I thought this series was over. And I'm watching Joe just go to work on Gobert and I'm like, the Nuggets might steal this thing. And and it was interesting because I didn't pay too much attention to it, but um, afterwards they said – Mitchell and Murray combined for the most points for two opposing players in any NBA playoff series, like ever. And I was like, you know, I was thinking Bird and Magic. I was trying to think Jordan. Did Jordan play against a big scorer? But again, and I couldn't find a list of like, you know, who's second or who's third on the list. But Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray – are now top of the the two highest scorers against each other. And it was crazy because the last couple minutes, like the ball was in their hands. Like it was Donovan Mitchell who tried to drive to the hoop. Ball gets stolen from him. I think Murray ended up with it. I don't know if he stole it, but he ends up with the ball, tries to have the assist for the dagger. Dude misses the bunny. And then with like five seconds, Mike Connolly, he's got to look at it, and it just rims out. It could have been a game-winning three. Again, I'm convinced if Ricky had stayed in Utah, that ball goes in and Utah advances. But but they went with their guy, Mike Connolly. Good series. It was a really good series. I think Connolly paid off for him in the long run. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe Rubio hits that shot, but bulk of the season playoffs – Conley's been there, dude, and he was hot for him. Yeah. Uh, well, honestly, honestly, Rubio probably would miss it. But Rubio would have had a worse shot, honestly. But, but I know Ricky's your boy. You've been a big fan of him since he came in the league. Yeah. So. But for real, joke it. Um, I don't know how to say his name. I, I struggle with it. But the dude, I mean, just 30 points, 14 rebounds. It doesn't really say – the damage he was doing to one of the best defenders in Rudy Gobert. 
just, he was absolutely, his touch was amazing. And especially, I mean, the hook shot with like two minutes left. If you go watch highlights of it, it's just ridiculous touch. It's really good. It was it was a good series. I enjoyed it. They refused to lose. I, I like that heart. Even though I lost that pick, hopefully tonight the Rockets pull through in game seven. But we'll see. By the time this comes out, we'll know. And we'll, we'll, we'll know. update the Instagram page, Pub Sports Talk, and, and have our second-round picks in there for you guys. And we all pick the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold up there, Parker. You're – you're pulling for the Rockets. We're all pulling for the Rockets. No, bro. no, no. I, I, I don't care if I pick the Rockets. I want Thunder to just whoop their tail. <laughs> you got okay. It's like the perfect storm for Chris Paul. He goes there to like his get his career killed basically by the Rockets with a bunch of then no name players, and now he's taking them to Game Seven in the playoffs. Like. How can you not like that that workhorse that underdog? Come on, Parker. Even though, I mean, and even if we all lose, like we all like we all take that L, but it's not like one person's over the other. But you gotta like it. <laughs> we we're gonna put something on these playoffs. We're gonna make a bet out of it. I say a beer mile for the losers. The winner gets to watch. You know, if we we'll already yeah. put a bet on it, then I disagree because I'm pretty sure I'm gonna lose. <laughs> I mean, you and Evan, I, I, I think you guys will take two L's in this round. Well, see, I want to know. It's not bad. Because the, well, the early rounds, I feel like they're a little bit easier to predict. I mean, again, I, I don't know who picked the magic in Trailblazers, but a lot of these games were pretty much gimmies. But I think now, I think this next round is where it really stirs up and – and I think there could be a lot of crazy – I think there could be a crazy finish this year. Again, we talked about just kind of how COVID kind of put a halt to a lot of momentum that I think a team could just sneak into the finals that that we're not really talking about, that we're not expecting. I agree with you. This I think this is an exciting round for playoffs, round two. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of teams we didn't expect advance to these this next level. Uh, shout out to my Celtics up 2-0 on Toronto by the time this thing records. Hopefully we're up 3-0. Hey, that's the uh, defending champs, though. Don't count them out. They're all that quiet, though, so we'll see. They need Drake on the floor. That's my hot take. <laughs> it's just it's different. This, this isolation there, it's not the same. But when you got think, Drake out there courtside. I don't think anyone needs Drake out there. <laughs> <laughs> If, if Drake Celtics, is real. Yeah, if the Celtics beat him, he'll be out on the court with a Celtics jersey on, pull over the Celtics. <laughs> I'm going to fly wherever he's at. I'm going to rip that thing off him. Man brings worse luck to any sports teams I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, I'm just really upset with you, Parker. Like, like, we all picked the Rockets, so if they lose, no one is ahead of each other. How do you not like the Chris Paul thing? I've never been a Chris Paul fan. I really don't care about him. He's a North Carolina boy. Nah, I don't care. I mean, I, I get that, but but dang, man, you got to pull for the underdog. Like, I'm pulling for my picks. That's that's who I'm pulling for. Okay, that's All fair right. enough. Is, is the Chris Paul thing just being that he he would beat his former team? Like yeah, it's kind of like poetic justice. I mean, they he didn't fit in 
Houston. So they dish off his crazy contract to OKC and get like Buku uh, stock for him. And he has no supporting cast essentially at, at that point because Westbrook has left. And then, so he basically goes to OKC to either get a restructured contract or to just like fizzle out. And he takes, he rallies this team to the playoffs, which I think I read somewhere that it was like a 0.2% chance that the Thunders even make the playoffs. I don't know if that's true. But then he takes the team that dished him off to game seven. Like, how, how can you not pull for him? I don't well, know. Paul I George, just, did, he go, did he go after Chris Paul had already signed? Like, did he join forces I, or did they kind of, did they assemble together? Like, if you go, I'll go. I think how it went was playoff P had already shipped out to LA and then, (laughs) and then, and then the Chris Paul trade happened. So I don't think Chris and George were ever there together. Still don't like it. Whatever. Rockets all the way. Parker. You you just uh, like the ISO ball. That's cool. You don't like you don't like the fundamentals, and that's where uh, we just. I love fundamentals. That's how I made my living. I love fundamentals. Hit the backboard every time. Three passes at least. Bounce shootings, passes at that. Shootings for show offs, man. That's right. No good, Larry Bud. <laughs> it's like the fourth show in a row we've mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move into hockey. They're deep in the playoffs as well. Me and Tim have the bet here. Loser gets the haircut. The winner decides. And Tim, you're up two games on me. That's my Bruins, my Bruins dropped to Lightning. I thought it was gonna be a more competitive series. They got whopped in it. Did you say whop? Yeah. Is that okay. Yeah. Wasn't isn't there a song? But Flyers Islanders. We both picked Islanders. That's a good series, 3-2 by the end of this broadcast. Hopefully, Islanders have clinched it. They're up, and we'll move on. We both picked them. The Golden Knights, man, they've been in a dogfight with the Canucks. I didn't expect it. Like you said last week, we thought a gentleman's sweep. Canucks win one game toward the end. The Golden Knights take care of them pretty easy, but it was Canucks, eh? They're fighting, eh? Yeah, and you got to appreciate, you know? You, know, you really got to appreciate you know, the fight and the grit and being the underdog, you know? You know what I mean, Parker? Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? I love a grit and underdog story like the Canucks. I'll take that over Chris Paul any day. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's that's good playoff hockey. Like, I'm enjoying it. Usually, the Golden Knights, they're just being out physical right now, and I love watching it. If you guys have NBC Sports, watch this series. It's aggressive, and it's old-school hockey. I love it. And then we move in. To Dallas Stars versus Colorado Avalanche. This is where I'm hoping to get a game on you. It's close, man. Yeah. The Stars I, have showed up to play and they're fighting, baby. But the Avalanche won't, they won't die. Just die, dang it. Die. Yeah. Last week, I think when we talked, it was 2 0 Dallas, right? Yes, sir. And, uh, and both of you and I just kind of sat there and was, I was ready to take the L because I had Colorado going all the way. But um, they got a little fight in them. So with the next game, Tonight. Oh, they're playing tonight. Oh, yeah, eight o'clock. So once again, by the time this thing drops, we already know who's won it. Hopefully, it's my stars, but we'll see. My pick is my pick's the first one in the last four here. I picked Tampa Bay way back. Yeah, I mean they look better than I ever thought they would. I mean they came hot 
off in this round. The past past two rounds, playing hockey and and uh, the first round, they didn't look very good. And then all of a sudden, they're like, "Hey, we figured out how to play hockey. Let's go play." Right. I'm looking at that. Yeah, that's their seed. Go yep. Lightning. Can I jump in on any bet? I'm feeling pretty confident in Tampa Bay. All right. I tell you what. We'll do we'll do a uh, we'll do a final four bet, and we all pick pick a team to go all the way, and we'll make a bet out of it. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. We can for sure do that. As long as I get Tampa Bay, I'm in. I'm cool with that. I'm not picking them. I don't like Florida, so this is the whole state, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. What's the uh, <laughs> what What do we decide on? Uh, so wait, if Evan get, if Evan jumps in here, what are we doing? Are we so I say we do this final four round. So after all these games conclude, we each pick a team. That team, the winner gets to decide the fate of the three losers. I'm in. I'm in. Evans in. Dev, you in? Again, the card just stacked against me, but I'm in. Boogity, 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 boys. Let's go racing. If we're talking NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Devin's third eye right there. That's right. Moving straight along. Baseball. A little baseball roundup here. Dev, we've missed you, man. We haven't been talking about baseball because you haven't been here. You're – you're a starting pitcher, man. You're throwing the heat. Lay it on us. Well, if uh, if watching baseball fights is your thing, uh, this season has been actually uh, pretty solid. There was another good little tussle, or not really even a tussle, but uh, bench clearing uh, throw last night. Araldis Chapman for the Yankees throws a hundred mile an hour fastball right at uh, Chris Brousseau, the third baseman for the Rays. Had last night. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of attention. That they're obviously in the same division. Uh, and I think the Rays are on like a six-win streak against the Yanks, uh, or they were until last night. And I think frustration just kind of boiled over. But my favorite quote was the Rays manager who stated, I have a whole damn stable of guys that throw 98 miles an hour, period. I think, Salty. I think we're going to see these two teams continue to go at it. Um, it's honestly – I love division rivalries. I love baseball rivalries. And since the Red Sox are tanking this year pretty much, I think this is like the Yankees' rival. Um, they actually just – out the suspensions a little bit ago. Uh, Raldis Chapman suspended three games. Aaron Boone, the manager for the Yanks suspended one game, and then Kevin Cash, the manager for the Rays, was suspended a game. So, all in all, pretty exciting stuff. Um, Giants beat the dog shit out of the Rockies last night as well. Uh, First team since RBIs became a stat, which was in 1920, to have three players with six RBIs in a single game. I mean – the Rockies are – What was the final score? 23-5. to five. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's like MLB the show stats right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it was like a home run derby, it seems. I think the one guy may have had like three home runs last night. I think there was where, like a few guys that had it. Where home. are they playing at? Yeah, I think they were in Colorado. If that I'm, thin, crisp air, baby, that Rocky Mountain air. But that's what's crazy, though, is like – 
I'm pretty sure they had – I want to say they had a guy that hit three home runs last night, and that ballpark is pretty deep. Like, so – it's, it's it's not a hitter friendly ballpark mm-hmm. minus the altitude. Other yeah, than that, I mean no. you would think you think the altitude, but I think they kind of uh, they probably guessed that when they were building and yeah, pretty cool. Um, home run race is uh, actually all switched up since the last time we talked. Uh, Tatis, the guy that had all the controversy with the three three two full count pitch, he's actually in the lead along with Nelson Cruz for the Twins and Luke Boyd for the Yanks. And, Cruz came out of nowhere. Yeah, he really did. And so did uh, the uh, Voight for the Yanks, dude. Mm-hmm. You had Judge, who's obviously uh, – uh, I think he's still on the the injured list. And, uh, dude, that whole team just crushes balls. The uh, – tell you what, the AL East is going to be a tough one for the Orioles to get out of because we're currently in fourth place. I think we're eight and a half games behind, honestly. So, not looking too good for us. It's all right. The Reds, you know, there's a famous Twitter account. Did the Reds win today? And it's been a lot of no tweets. Been a lot of no's for the old Reds. Uh, Um, Real quick, speaking of Reds, I want to go back to Chapman. One of my favorite closers in baseball of all time. The dude throws smoke the entire game. And he's got the best nickname as a closer. The Cuban Missile Crisis. And when he was part of Cincinnati, they would they would do the missile sounds when he'd walk out. Place was electric when he'd come out. It was awesome. I love that. I just wanted to throw that little snapple fact in there. That's Chapman cool. is my boy. I do I do like Chapman, but uh, I feel like that throw was a. Uh, I know the Astros thing was a whole different topic, but I feel like uh, it just kind of hits on what we talked about a few weeks ago. Just like these unwritten rules and I don't, from what I gathered, the Rays didn't really do anything. I think they're, I think there's just tension there. he throws, I mean, like barely misses the guy's head, the back of his head. So, um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't agree with the headshot. If it's the Astros, sure. Line them up, pop them. I don't care, but the team's been beating you for six games in a row. You don't get mad, play better. Like I, I totally get that. Oh yeah. So, so unwritten, well, I was going to – I want to jump in and say the unwritten <laughs> yeah, yeah, rule. So, a team can run up 23 runs on a team, but granted, you better not hit a grand slam in the eighth inning. <laughs> With three balls. Dude. You know? Don't. Like, what? <laughs> like, dude, what you are these rules? The craziest thing – pr- I saw uh, a report today. I didn't watch the game, but the um, the Giants manager – argued a call at first base like he like whatever the MLB like threw the challenge flag and uh because the ump called one of his guys out on first and I guess he disagreed with it so I mean that I think that falls along the lines of like that's I mean if you're gonna be mad about a grand slam be mad about a coach like delaying the game even further and challenging a call while you're already up like Mm -hmm. I think 18 to 5. Crazy. It's just it's baseball. Consistent. That's write the, these rules down. <laughs> write them down. Stop yeah, doing just, unwritten rules. Yeah, just write them down. It, the unwritten rules thing is just a joke at this point. The great Gambino's twisting his grave right now. He's pissed. Oh, he's mad for sure. But uh, speaking on the Padres, uh, going off a 
because he's they're actually probably going to make a good little run for the series. They traded a ton of players. I think it was like 14 in the three days three day span. But uh, headlined with the acquisition of Mike Clevenger, who's the Indians' ace, and Padres are known to be struggling for their pitching, so they make a they may make a good little run here. Uh, they went off in August. They were like a team that nobody really considered, and now they have a record of twenty two and fifteen. So they may be a sleeper bet to uh, come out of the come out of the division. They just got to get through the Dodgers, which I really still don't see happening. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Like, I I like that sleeper bet. You know, I don't know what their fan duel odds are. I'll look them up real quick, but I'd put some money on them real quick. I mean, go ahead. Why not? What do you have to lose? They're, they're, I'm sure they're coming in as a huge underdog in the beginning of the season anyways. No one's really putting too much money on them. So, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure they are. And they're a pretty young group of guys. So, they could be a really exciting uh, team to look for in the next couple of years as well. Um, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's – they're – Cool little team, and I, you know, have no affiliation with San Diego, obviously, but they're they're kind of my sleeper bet since my Orioles are kind of deciding they just don't want to play ball anymore. Just fiddle farting around. Follow me. Let's put those bets in. I'm with you, baby. FanDuel, if you're listening, go ahead and give us a super boost for Padres winning World Series. Pub Sports Super Boost. Let's do it. Oh my! Oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> we're making big moves, boys. Well, we're making whether big, it's fantasy or not, big it's some big moves. moves. <laughs> I, want, I want Tim's. Uh, I want another Tim opinion on fastballs going to people's heads. I think it's great. Yeah, um, I think every. <laughs> I think every other batter up should take a strike to the head, and um, if you can't take it, then you just can't handle the old rules of the game. So you better just leave. You no, really, baseball. Yeah, no, really, it's. It's so dumb. It's like it's going to be like policing themselves until someone gets seriously hurt, and then they're all going to point their fingers at the pitcher and say, "Oh my gosh, how could he?" Do? And then it's—I don't know. It's just—it's not going to end well for some athlete, and I can just see it coming, just because it's like a pissing contest for some pitchers or whatever, whatever issues they have with each other. I mean, I hate to say it, but I think that's how it's going to end. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's it's becoming super bush league. The, I guess another unwritten rule of it was like you never like if you're gonna throw at somebody, you basically throw it from like chest down. And now you're seeing more and more of this like up and in fastball, like straight to your dome. And I mean, you you like for whatever reason you like get a piece of sand in your eye and you have to blink, and then you miss that that zoomer coming right at you. I mean, you're basically dead. Yeah, and I mean, even if you're wearing a helmet, like you take a 98-mile-an-hour fastball to the head with a helmet, you're still like you're getting a lot of brain damage from that. And so, I don't know. It's just all ridiculous. I tell you what, when we start the pub sports talk steroid league baseball, like we've talked about in the past, where we just let players juice up, let them go for as many headshots as they want. We'll have the XFL of baseball. XLB, let's do it. <laughs> oh my god. There's the name, baby. XLB. XLB. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> Hey, go ahead and Venmo Pub Sports Talk and we'll get this league started. All we need is a few billion dollars and we'll get it started real quick. We just need a sizable donation from anybody out there. Yeah. Anybody at all. Uh speaking of XFL, 
really cool thing I saw this week. The Rock has $7 framed in his office for his XFL headquarters because that's when he left the, or the Arena Football League with $7 in his pocket. I love that story. And he says it's just to keep him humble and to keep him hungry as he builds this league. I love it. Yeah, I didn't know that. This is cool. I should do that right now. I should just take all the money I have and post it up on my wall. Yeah, I'll totally do that, but in about a week, I'd probably need it. <laughs> Break it. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's, that's cool. I'm excited to see what The Rock's going to do with the XFL. Uh, speaking of other cool things I saw, uh, this is a couple, a couple weeks ago. The Raiders owner. Did you guys hear what he said when he introduced the players to the new stadium? No, I didn't hear. Welcome to the Death Star where opponents come to die. That's got to be somewhere on that facility wall somewhere because that's such a badass quote. That's such a Raiders thing to say. That was pretty cool. Me and Mike go below 500. I bet Gruden, Gruden was just sitting there like, I can't remember if that's the second or the third one. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, if they're doing the role of the Empire in this, then who would be the Rebels? <laughs> the Broncos. Drew Locke, baby. Oh, man. They, yeah, they, they wear orange answer. anyways. That's a good answer. They, they're kind of the underdog. Seth Wagner has picked them to win the Super Bowl for the next 12 years. No. You know? I'll tell you what. That's our most played YouTube video, too. People are loving our Drew uh-huh. Locke video. I will say, I think that that is a team on the rise. But I agree. Uh, anytime we bring up the Raiders, I just want to throw this name out there and get y'all's opinions. Jamarcus Purple Drank Russell. Was he the bust or did the team bust him? I, just th- I don't believe in LSU quarterbacks, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm sorry, Hacky. <laughs> Joe, wow. you see what's on the back of the jersey? I know. Oh, a oh, bureau, like not even. Yeah, it's a senior night jersey. Okay. All right, Burrow, Burgo. Okay. I don't know. Even Matt Flynn, like he was. I mean, he was a good backup, but every time he was given the starting position, he really couldn't do anything. I mean, Russell Wilson basically took Flynn's job. I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on LSU. Maybe Burrow can break the mold. Well, Burrow's not really an LSU quarterback. He's more of a Ohio State style quarterback. That's true. He's a Ohio State product. I don't know. I think Russell's just the classic case of like arm candy, like arm mm. talent that he can shoot. He can shoot it, but you know, doesn't really have doesn't really just have the things you need to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. Well, the, the man threw a ball off his knee 65 yards. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like um, Josh Allen in Buffalo. Definition of arm candy. <laughs> I mean, uh, Josh Allen, I mean, he's, he's unproven. I mean, we'll see, but it would not surprise me to see him fizzle out and, and somebody else become the guy in Buffalo. Yeah. Devin, thoughts on Jamarcus? He's the bust. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the Raiders have anything to do with that. Yeah, I kind of agree with Tevin. I think if you're looking at like an organization busting a player, you got to look at the Washington football team with RG3. Mm. See, I would say his ACLs busted him. 
Yeah, no, I agree. But the organization did that to him. So it's definitely 100% Washington football team. I will fault. say, yeah, there are some places that it's just careers go to die. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing for me. I'll play the Bengals. Kit. All right, all right. We're going to have to take that low ball. All right. <laughs> Well, here's my playing devil's advocate because I totally agree he was a bust. Like, there's that story of the quarterback coach throwing him a DVD and says, "Hey, watch these five plays. Tell me which ones you like." And he comes back the next day. He goes, "Hey, the whole whole DVD, it's great." And it was a blank DVD. Like he didn't even watch it. <laughs> there's that classic story of Jamarcus Russell, right? So I totally think he's a bust. But to play devil's advocate here, he's got that candy arm, that beautiful great arm. He didn't know how to read a defense, much like Brett Favre. Brett Favre went to Green Bay eventually, and he learned to play football in Green Bay because he was surrounded by amazing coaches and not coaches who didn't want him there. When he went to Oakland, he, he, he wasn't wanted by the coaching staff. Al Davis wanted him. None of the coaches wanted him. So to play devil's advocate there. Just That's a fair. That. That's fair. Um, yeah, you know, and I didn't think of that, but I do think Green Bay, the West Coast offense, and again, you look at the coaching tree – of that staff is like Steve Mariucci, John Gruden, um, all part of that Holmgren tree in Green Bay. Uh, and there's more. I think I can't remember if it was Andy Reid. Andy, yeah, Andy Reid's there. I mean, it is, was on it is ridiculous. Like that 96 Super Bowl, that team photo, you're looking at all the coaches like, wait a minute. Like <laughs> he ended up going and you can name all the coaches – and it's like if Favre had gone, hey, if Favre had been the starter in Atlanta, you know, would it have been the same? So I agree with you. I, I think I think if Jamarcus – well, I don't know. Jamarcus was a different case because I do think Favre worked his tail off, even though he was the, you know, he was the country boy. <laughs> I think he would – I think Favre was smarter than a lot of people – necessarily give him credit. I mean, Favre basically started the run-pass option by goofing off in practice and just going, how can I make the safety move? How can I make the linebacker flinch just a little bit? Yeah, there's no stories of Favre blowing his signing bonus and single-dollar bills and throwing in the locker room. Like, uh-huh. there's no stories of that. I would like to call cheating on your end there, Parker, because you knew if you brought up Green Bay and Brett Favre that you would get somebody <laughs> on your side. <laughs> I don't know that oh, because no, because I I could have easily said no. Favre was Favre would have been good, like no matter what. It was a good point that I think if Favre if Favre had gone somewhere else, I mean it, it could have been different. But I don't know. Now I'm going against myself. I think Favre. I do think Favre. I think Favre would have had success anywhere. I don't I think, think he'd have success in Atlanta. I really don't because Atlanta was going through a lot of stuff when Favre got were. there. They were, um, but I'm a I'm a Jamarcus Russell fan for his comeback. I want to see him get a tryout one more time. I just want to see it. Like he's a 400 pound left handed quarterback that can <laughs> sling it a mile. I want to see it. I'd rather see Favre come out of retirement. Like he's got year the proper sleeves, so he can probably be okay. Man's gonna I be think, decked out in proper sleeves Favre, and jeans. My hot take: I think Favre could sling it, but he just can't take a hit. Oh. Like. <laughs> He'd be gold until he gets like wrecked in the knee and then and then over. Here's what happens. He drops back, delivers a 90-yard bomb, shoulder snaps out of socket, 
Here comes Christian Wilkins from Miami Dolphins. Plows into him. Poof. Dust on the field. He just turns to dust. I don't know. He's running. He's doing triathlons right now. He's in pretty ridiculous shape. I mean, that he is really true. is. I kind of teased this. I wanted to bring into it. This comes from a listener question, which, boys, we got to have our Pop-Tarts ready. We made the bet to chew on our Pop-Tarts during a listener question. He wants to know our favorite team. So Cincinnati Bengals for me, Tim's Detroit Lions, Evans Green Bay Packers, and then Devin's Dirty Birds Ravens over there. Our biggest draft busts, like who we thought was going to pop and they didn't, or the opposite, who were like, why the heck did we pick them? And then they blossom up. They boom up. So, boys, unwrap those Pop-Tarts. Let's dive into this question. I definitely chowed down my Pop-Tarts during everything else. <laughs> like Devin, I did not eat the crust. <laughs> I'm showing yeah, my no, crust. No crust, no crust gang. Yep. Well, since so I already got mine open and I'm chewing I'll go with um, the biggest surprises for the Ravens. I think it's no surprise that Lamar Jackson would be one of my surprises here. Um, in 2018, his uh, rookie year, he didn't get really the full full reins. End of the season, 1,200 yards pass and six touchdowns, three interceptions, and an 84.5 uh, quarterback rating. In 2019, though, he lets loose 3,127 yards, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions, and a 113.3 QBR. Plus, he led the team in rushing with 1,200 yards. I think even as a Ravens fan, when when he came in, I knew it would be a long shot for him to become that dual threat quarterback in the NFL. And he has exceeded all of my expectations. May not surprise some people, but I think that has been one of the biggest surprises as far as the Ravens history as far as uh, kind of recent history. Uh, I try not to go too, too far back. Uh, but on the other side of that, my other actual probably more surprise than anything would be Mark Andrews. He was a third-round draft pick in 2018. He exploded onto the scene this past year and became one of the top five tight ends in the game. He also uh, was held the, the 25% target share in the offense in 2019 while he was 40th in snaps taken in the tight end position. So, obviously, anytime that guy's on the field, he's a threat. Um, I, I love everything about it. Yeah, Devin, I'm looking at Ravens draft history now. You guys, for the most part, you guys have had some solid first-round picks. Well, the, Like, I know we're going to get the busts in a second, but they're, they're pretty solid. My bust is going to – I'm going to highlight that where I think the Ravens have mostly struggled in, uh, I guess, player development and drafting. Uh, but – Figured we, we'd go a little bit. Well, I figured we'd go everybody's uh, surprises first, maybe. A little positive. Yeah, a little positive. Then we'll get to the negative. Because I, I got, like it. Got a pretty solid, pretty solid negative. Tim, biggest draft surprise for the Detroit Lions positive. Go ahead, chew on that Pop Tart, by the way. All right. 
So here we go. How's that sound, boys? So I got to go with our pick last year in the first round, TJ Hawkinson. So get this. I hated it. I thought it was a terrible pick. Shout out to my boy Alex Rawlson, who is the Mel Kuyper of the draft class coming out. And he was like, he immediately texted me and was like, hey, what are your initial thoughts? And I said some, like, inflammatory text, like, I hate this team or something. You know how it is with the Detroit Lions fan. So Alex actually sends me, like, different stats, different games to, like, look at different plays that he's done. And he said, Tim, the best thing you're going to like about this kid, he can catch, but he can block. And I was like, you know, let me see how he does. He may grow on me. And sure enough, Though he was riddled with injuries last year, he had a concussion, I think week three or week four, and he had a season-ending uh, ankle injury, I think. I don't even remember what week it was. It was later in the year. Um, for his rookie season, a lot of injuries, but honestly a big surprise to me because he's got great hands. I think this year he's going to get some more looks, especially with Galladay and Marvin Jones, and we got Swift and Carrion Johnson in the backfield. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. I think Stafford is going to be slinging the rock to TJ, the Hawkinson maniac this year. That needs to be his call from now on. I'm uh, deaf. Yeah. <laughs> Probably should have warned you. I got three. I got a name. Just real quick, we're gonna we're gonna get to my bust in the 2013 draft, but. Here comes Green Bay's but luckily, uh, but um, 2013 round four we took left tackle David Bakhtiari out of Colorado, and this is probably the best. He's in the conversation of best left tackle in football right now, and we got him in the fourth round. So it just kind of goes to show, you know, you can take a left tackle with like a a top ten pick. But hey, we got one in the fourth round. I thought, I mean, that's a huge steal. Um, nineteen ninety nine, round seven, we took a receiver from Alcorn State, who then became the franchise all time leader for receptions and yards. And his name is Donald Driver. That's a fun one. And I think number one is nineteen fifty six, round seventeen. Pick 200, quarterback out of Alabama, Bart Starr, who is, you know, the first two Super Bowls was named MVP, a lot of accolades, Hall of Fame, beloved in Green Bay. And I even did, I dug deep. I was like, why did no one pick this guy? Because, like, for a comparison, Tom Brady was pick 199 sixth round and again it's kind of like if you look into why did brady drop and there's all these reasons bart star i can't say it was similar he was basically well it actually kind i guess he was the second guy in alabama so he was never the for sure starter so he was always kind of the relief guy but you know did pretty well and i think he had like a back injury his last year 
and like no one wanted to take a chance on him. And supposedly a coach for Alabama just basically told the Packers staff, like, you're going to want this guy. And, and they had a connection and they were like, okay, well, we'll take star if he's, you know, we'll take a late pick on him. And, you know, he worked his tail off and came a face, face of a franchise for many years. So a big surprise. That's a good one. I always forget about Bart, Bart Sarlik falling. And because I, just think it was all I didn't know they had 17 rounds. Like, that, like I was like looking at it like 17. Jeez. Well, there's only like what? 12 teams? Seven. 14 teams. Well, yeah. I'm saying there's seven rounds now, but yeah. Uh, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. I've got to go for my bungles. This is cheating a little bit because it's off the field issues. Joe Mixon, who just signed big money for us. He's going to be – sorry, sorry. Joe Mixon just signed big money for us. He said he wants to be in the jungle until Joe Burrow retires. Shout out Joe Mixon. He, if you remember going into his senior year, he punched his girlfriend in the restaurant. Like, Why the hell are we taking this guy? The Cincinnati is full of convicts anyways. So why the hell are we taking Joe Mixon? Boy, it's worked out. Joe Mixon, you turned your life around. Who day, baby? Good job. All right, boys. Let's move into those negative surprises. I'm surprised you didn't say TJ Huzmanzada. He was a seventh-round pick for y'all. Yeah. He didn't end his career. He went to those freaking Baltimore Ravens. So, TJ, who's your mama? One of the greatest East Bank commercials. <laughs> No, I like TJ Huchipanzada. I really do. I just forgot about him. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Let's work on the negatives here. Devin, you want to start us out? Yeah. <clears throat> so, I think this is where the Ravens have struggled basically the entirety of – oh, my gosh, hang on. All right, now we're talking. This pick – exemplifies how bad the Ravens organization is at not only drafting, but also developing wide receivers. And it's Brashad Perryman. In 2015, we took him in the first round, 26th pick. I think that's right, 26. Wide receiver out of UCF. In his three seasons in Baltimore, Perryman caught just 43 passes for 576 yards and three touchdowns. Even now, he's still in the league or still trying to do his thing. Perryman has failed to reach 1,000 total receiving yards or 100 receptions. In 2017, Perryman actually had more interception yards off of his hands than receiving yards himself. How about that? Um, You know, name – I just – I can't think of any – Ravens wide receiver that we really developed ourselves. I feel like every year we we typically get a receiver in that's already kind of had their run at another team. And this one kind of just is probably the biggest example of how bad we are at getting receivers out of college, developing them into what we need for our offense. And we're just terrible at it. So he's my biggest bust. Yeah, I got again, I got the history right here. 
the only receiver that like in your in the past 20 years Travis Taylor in 2000 I mean he was decent but you're right like a lot of these guys I have not even heard of yeah it's I mean I don't understand like so I was like looking up Brashad and trying to figure out like what exactly it was that we saw on him I mean he had a decent college career at UCF but like nothing like really stood out and what I think which I think is what happens to a lot of these teams is they get they get stat happy. He didn't compete in the combine because he had a hamstring injury, but he went he did like the UCF Pro Day and he ran a sub uh, he ran two sub four three forties and I think they're like oh my god this guy's a, a bigger body receiver. Uh, I think he was like six two two hundred and fifteen pounds uh, receiver running sub four three and. They're like we gotta have him, so I think that's we just I think we just get stat happy as far as like off field stats and not really and I, I don't know you know I really don't know what our our thought process is on making these guys. It's just so bad. Hey, one every twenty years. Yeah, Travis Taylor in two thousand and nineteen years later, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Well, th- you know that that is probably the only. The, the highlight that, that we can put on our receiver draft board. Well, just enjoy Hollywood because <laughs> it'll be another 20 years before you have another. <laughs> and we'll just, we'll just keep trading away some other great players and getting these, these older receivers. I can't even say older. More developed already in a different program. Receivers. The anemones. <laughs> and then- <laughs> All right, Tim, for your kitty cats. All right, so there's a lot of uh, forgettable names for the Detroit Lions. I'll be the first to admit it. But one particular name really grinds my gears. Titus Young, 2011. Okay. Lions draft him. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Lions draft him as the perfect complementary wide receiver to Megatron. And, and honestly, and for two seasons, he did pretty well. But the gentleman had uh, a lot of off-the-field issues. So get this. Within a 15-hour span, he, he got in a fight with a teammate, suspended him from the team, and arrested twice in 15 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about an idiot. So, this promising wide receiver, he gets uh, sentenced for like five years for like felony battery or something crazy. He gets in trouble with all these street fights. Like he was in a street fight in Los Angeles in 2016. And so, yeah, sentenced to four years in prison. And, uh, I think he got out sometime in 2018, but yeah, total bust, like total bust. He couldn't keep, you know, he, he couldn't stay like clean and healthy off the field. And he just, I don't know, like battery and assault with a deadly weapon, I think was another charge he had. It's like crazy stuff. I think I remember like one of the first times I met you, we talked about young, like there was kind of still like the optimistic kind of like, Oh, maybe. And then, Quickly after, just 
gave his life away. Total heartbreaker. Tim, how old were you when they drafted Joey Harrington? Uh, I think I was um, – let me look it up. Oh, so he, he, Joey was drafted in 2002, so I would have been about nine years old. I don't even – You don't remember? Yeah, that wasn't even on my radar, man. I was like – I was in Canto League right now at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember him getting drafted? No, I, I just remember him. I mean, I just – I was trying to think of a random quarter. I was like, I know the Lions drafted a random quarterback, like, back in the 2000s. For the viewers at home, Evan is, like, an NFL, like, just the source of draft days. Like, he's really impressive. He's I will, been like that since he was little. I will say this. Like, and the good thing is, like, 2002 or, like, 2003, I – knew about everything going on in sports. Like I like I remember the Braves had the ridiculous pitching squad of like Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox. I remember NBA was like Allen Iverson just dominating. And I, I can tell you like everything that went on. But then I like latched all that energy into football. So like now it's like, you know, I know kind of my way around sports, but when it comes to NFL just all my energy comes in there. So it's like Mel Kiper. I'm, I'm okay with tagging you as the Mel Kiper of this podcast. I'm okay with it. Tom, you Tom, please grow Tom, hair Tom. like Mel Kiper. <laughs> <laughs> just the, uh, the European uh, slick back. Slick back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Slick daddy. <laughs> all right, Fitz. Tell us about the Packers that just broke your heart. I think we all have a feeling of who it is. What do you think? I'm just curious. I think it's Cheeseburger Eddie. It's Cheeseburger Eddie. We're going we're gonna to get to this. So, 2013. So, this is, this is the draft that is really atrocious. It's not just Eddie Lacy. It's really – it's two picks, and it's really who was there. It's really who we could have taken. Um, so, 2013, for context, 2010, Packers win the Super Bowl. 2011, they go 15-1 and then lose to the Giants first round. So, like, we're on the rise, but some players are getting old. So, Donald Driver, he was our, our big 1999 seventh-round pick, franchise leader in receiving stats. He retires. Charles Woodson leaves to go to Oakland. So, team needs, you're going, okay, we could use receiver. At this point, Jermichael Finley's on a contract year, tight end. So, you're thinking tight end and corner to replace Charles Woodson. All of these are going to come into play as to who we could have taken and, and who we ended up with. Is, it's just a mystery of how we ended up here. Oh, maybe not so much. We'll get to it. So round one, pick 26, the Packers take a pass rusher, Dayton Jones, UCLA. I can't even tell you where he is now. But two picks, no, not even a pick after DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Texans. And again, we just lost driver. Hopkins is there. So there's a what if Hopkins had had Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. That's one possibility. You could also say pick 35, like six, seven picks later, the Eagles take Zach Ertz. So we could have had a tight end. And then the Lions took Darius Slay, who's a pretty solid corner. 
So those three players were available. Okay, so we botched the first pick. Whatever. Let's look at the next pick. So second round, pick 61. Packers feel we need a running back. So we go with the Alabama product, Eddie Lacy, who's looking pretty solid. Two picks after Eddie's taken, the Chiefs take tight end Travis Kelsey. And soon after that goes Tyron Matthew, the honey badger. And again, you talk about Charles Woodson playing nickel corner. No one was going to fill that spot better than the honey badger. So I remember being a little bit like, man, and that year – Tara Matthews in the conversation of Charles Woodson because he was a defensive player who could have been a Heisman winner. He would have been the second one only to Woodson ever. Uh, didn't happen, but, but the there, was a, to him. there was a lot of resemblance there. So we ended up with Eddie Lacy, and here's, here's my rant on Cheeseburger Eddie. The first thing is I was ready to go in but after doing a lot of like thinking back, boys, I really I loved Eddie Lacy. And it's just really sad. <laughs> it's just really sad. Basically, he came in his rookie year. He was 231 pounds. Um, which, you know, for a guy who's 5'11, it's not bad. And the boy could move. He had a pull, he had some pull away speed. But he had his rookie season, 1,178 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns. He averaged 4.1 yards a carry. So he was dubbed mini beast mode or beast mode 2.0. The next year, Eddie Lacy comes into camp. He's 10 pounds heavier. He's 242 pounds. And we're starting to hear at this point, he's, he's opened up. He's like, yeah, like I, I have one cheat day a week. I eat Taco Bell and Popeyes like whenever we travel in airports. Like, I got to get me some Popeyes. And it's kind of like, ha, ha, ha. But, like, um, in the back of our minds, we're like, oh, gosh. Like, this guy may be a goner. And yeah, there's a difference between 10 pounds of muscle and 10 pounds of Popeyes. Yeah, and that's the thing. And you could tell. And, like, the sad thing today is, like, I found this video. I was like, I got to watch Eddie Lacy highlights because they're awesome. I mean, it's amazing. Is He's just like a bowling ball. And again, he's kind of like beast mode. Like he can just, he snaps that leg and any defender trying to tackle him high, no chance. Like he is just like truck sticking. But like you see it is like it progressed. Like it started with his rookie highlights and then it was like the next year. And by the last year, I was like, oh my gosh, like look at the thighs. Like look at it. (laughs) Like he's just, he's just getting thicker and thicker and Basically, what happened, he, his ankle gave out or something. Again, you're, you're carrying around extra weight. Tim's the doctor. He would know. But he gets an <laughs> ankle injury. So now he's, just, he's, not, you know, he's not practicing with the team. He adds even more weight on. So he's 253 pounds in two years. So like, again, drafted in 2013, he's 231 pounds, fresh out of Alabama. And 2015, he's 253 pounds, 22 pounds heavier. But just, you know, kind of the same problems that Kelvin Benjamin had. I don't know if you guys remember Kelvin Benjamin. It was like the same time. It's just guys who didn't diet or had problems with it. And I don't know if 
eating disorder was a thing or anything like that. But And I know like all, all four of us, we're still pretty fit. We stay in that fitness realm. Um, you know, Devin and Tim, you know, fitness was like your college life. Like you guys studied it. It was part of your education. Um, I become a personal trainer, that type of stuff. Alabama had it dialed in. Scott Cotron had that strength program, like an amazing thing. And it was great. And like Eddie Lacey was a beast. And if you don't have that same quality in the NFL, you have Eddie Lacey's and Kevin B- Benjamin's who are just going to, they don't have blow discipline. Up. They don't, they're going to blow up. Um, and so it's, it's been tough for a lot of NFL players that come from great strength conditioning programs and then they get to the NFL and they don't have that same discipline, that same balance. But man, I loved Eddie. <laughs> the shame. I mean, I know uh, a lot goes into like mental health, especially with making that transition from, you know, collegiate sports to professional. And I don't know, you know, much about Eddie Lacey, not to the extent of old Evan here, but um, I got to wonder like how much of that mental health played into that weight gain and kind of snowballing. Like, I don't know back in, I feel like, I feel like mental health nowadays is, is not, there's not this negative stigma, especially in sports. And uh, maybe around the 2013, 2015, I don't ever remember that being like a big topic. I definitely didn't hear about it in any sports like ESPN or anything. So, I mean, I wonder if kind of that, that stigma, if he had some sort of issues and I mean, any athlete, anyone can have mental health problems, but like, I wonder if that just kind of played into the weight gain and um, I, I guarantee there's gotta be more behind it. Than well, just, I think, you know, pop and, and to speak on Tim's mental health thing, like the honey badger, it was perceived his anxiety and, and his depression that he was facing and he smoked weed for was a bad thing because that mental health, you know, cause you're right. It, it, in 2013, it doesn't seem that far along ago, but mental health was looked down on really hard and harsh. Like we couldn't trust you to play in the NFL if you had a mental disorder, whatever it might be. Um, so that's a good point. Moving into my bungles. This might be biased, but for the most part, For the most part, I feel pretty blessed on our draft status. I feel like we've drafted pretty well in the 2000s. Let me rewind the clock back to 1999. If I told you you could have Ricky Williams, Donovan McNabb, Champ Bailey, Torrey Holt, Devontae Culpepper, and you have the third pick in the draft, you feel pretty (laughs) good about that, right? You feel real good. Not Cincinnati. You know who we took? Achilles Smith. Who? Exactly. (laughs) Some bum from Oregon. That's who. Had one good season. He only started two seasons. Two seasons as a starter. 23 games. The man threw more interceptions than games started. But we still took him. Came to Cincinnati. Played four seasons. Only completed 45% of his passes. Had 2,000 yards in four seasons, five touchdowns. Piss poor effort. Piss poor. That's Billy bad. Smith, he's one of the NFL's biggest busts. Thank you, Jamarcus Russell, for coming along because it would still be a Cody Smith if it wasn't for Jamarcus Russell. Shout out to you, baby. 
Also, so, shout out Ryan Richardson for that listener question. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, great question. Thank you, Ryan. So, Parker, do you think the organization busted Smith, or do you think Smith was <laughs> just <Ooh. above? laughs> Why the hell did we even take him? It's not even his fault. He should never have been drafted. He should have been whatever his degree was in communication or poetry. I don't care. He should have been doing that for the rest of his life, not playing the NFL. Trash. I don't remember this guy at all. Yeah, yeah there's a reason. <laughs> you know, for, for success, you have to have the, uh, the environment set up for you. And uh, exactly. I don't know. Some people could argue that he just didn't have the right environment set up. For hey, him. but here's the kicker, the real kick in the gonads. The Saints offered us nine picks, three of which were first-rounders. Nine picks, three first-rounds, 1999, 2000, 2001. They wanted to trade up to get Ricky Williams, which they, they still got Ricky Williams. We could have had nine freaking picks, but no, we took some bum from Oregon. Okay, that's a little hard. Wow. That's, I'm sorry, man. Uh, if you look back <laughs> to that 2000, 2001 wow. draft, it hurts, man. I'm hurt, dog. I'm hurt. That's tough. I, I think you, you win. That, <laughs> that is, it's not a fun game to win, but you win. <laughs> a lifetime game, Evan. Been doing it for all my life. Going to keep doing it. All right, team. Today's random question is sponsored by, that's right, you guessed it, Pure Spectrum CBD. I've been using their products for a month now, and I feel phenomenal. I take the 500 milligram CBD oil right before bed, and I am knocked out to the world. Sleeping a full seven, half, eight hours at night, feeling fully recovered, recharged throughout the day, alert. Been crushing two days at the gym, very little muscle fatigue, very little tiredness throughout the day. Even on my recovery day, I feel phenomenal just ready to go, ready to get back at it. You can take Team USA, word for it. You can take Noah Olson's word for it. Shannon Sharp, that's right, Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp. He's on this stuff. I promise you, you won't regret this. They have all types of stuff. They have pain relief lotion. They have bath salts. You can take a nice little bubble bath, sprinkle them in there, and relax. Get that full recharge, and your body's going to feel great afterwards. Try them out. Go to PureSpectrumCBD.com. Use our code PUB20, P-U-B-2-0, to get 20% off. That's right, 20% off. That's big time. We're trying to take care of you just like they take care of us. User products, you won't regret it. I promise you. Now, let's get back to this random question. Shout out Claudia. Thanks, babe, for the question. We appreciate you here at the pub. Let's go. Real quick, like off the dome. Would you rather have feet for hands or hands for feet? Go. You have no time to think about it. Tim, you're up. Go. Hands for feet. Devin. Hands for feet, for sure. Fitz. Hands for feet. Okay, I'll be devil's advocate. Foot for hands. Boom. But why? I can just stomp people in the face. Why not? I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. That's right. <laughs> I could I could jump on you and grab you with four hands. <laughs> All right, that's true. All right, maybe I changed my answer. Man, that's pretty good. All right, guys, you've listened to Pub Sports Talk. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember to please go ahead and visit pst2020.itemwater.com. Pick you up some pub sports size merchandise. Uh, it supports us. Plus, you're going to look great wearing our stuff. Remember, our giveaway is still going strong. All you have to do is send in your order confirmation sheet from our online store or purespectrumcbd.com. Send us your order confirmation code. We're going to get you enter in to that raffle for 250 milligram CBD oil. It's coming soon. It ends September 23rd. Guys, hop on it. 
ladies hop on it boys anything else to send us out all right i love spectrum <laughs>